TSR Podcast with Jacob and Bo. I don't I really don't hate them, but you know, I think that the the Bengals changing what they put on on game day isn't going to change anything for the Bengals. You know what I mean? I think the Bengals, the future of the Bengals could be determined by how well Joe Burrow bounces back from this. I mean, the man had damage to dang near every leg ligament and piece of cartilage in his knee upon his injury, which yep. is just extremely hard for people who have never had, you know, a major knee injury to understand how difficult that is to deal with, you know? Yep. And, and like, it's not he's not rehabbing one area of his knee. I mean, he's really rehabbing the whole dang thing. He is, man. I'm excited though, man. I, I feel like when you get a new jersey, and uh, I think it adds motivation to the players. The players get excited about it, and and it's gonna be nice, man, to see you know the Bengals in some fresh some fresh gear, man. Because there's not a whole lot that I look forward to as a Bengals fan, and uh, it's pretty much right now it's just only Joe Burrow in these jerseys. You know what? You know what? <laughs> you, know settles, what I mean? you know what settles down a player's hype about his new uniform. Tell a me. debilitating first drive where you get bullied the whole way down the field. Then yes, all of a sudden you yes. forget about what you're yeah, wearing. Okay, if that you realize happens, you're getting manhandled. Yes, okay? in my mind, I'm I'm picturing us just driving down the field and just scoring immediately in these fresh jerseys, man. But that's probably not going to happen. But hey, a guy can dream, right? I better dream. <laughs> hey, that's right. All that's right, guys. Right we've now. got another episode full of draft rankings. Uh, this time, me and Bo are going to be breaking down our top five defensive linemen, top five edge rushers, and top five linebackers. Um, again, we've watched a lot of film on all of these guys, and I think that you know these five players at each position are the guys that teams should be looking at if they're going to draft this position. Uh, first, we're going to look at this defensive line class. So, Bo, I don't know if you've heard the same thing. It's being reported that this is one of the weakest defensive line classes in recent memory. Do you believe it? Okay. All right. I, I believe it's weaker than recent years, but I think there is still some quality guys that can make a difference for you. Right. And I'm going to go ahead and talk about my five now. I struggle with last names. You know that better than anybody. But my <laughs> number one guy is Levi on Wurzerreich. I don't know if I'm saying this that your right. your number one guy? He's my number one guy. Love man. I was it. super Love impressed with this, Jacob. He, even if you want to consider this class weak, this guy is an awesome prospect. I really enjoy watching this guy Far play just because of how much disruption he causes in the pocket. Yep. Super violent play style, consists of violent hands. Uh, he has a serious bull rush. Power at the point of attack is lethal. When he hits offensive linemen um, with his bull rush, he normally drives them straight back into the quarterback's laps. Bo, obviously one of the most valuable defensive commodities today in the NFL is a defender that can cause pressure up the middle and collapse the pocket. Well, this guy can do every bit of that. And on top of that, he's an agile player that can be seen chasing down running backs. His motor in pursuit is awesome. He shows a good ability to long arm his opponent, and he gets them off their base. Um, I've really enjoyed this guy, man. I think you know a lot of the talk is going to bar more. Right now, yeah. I just think this guy's a little bit more polished than Barmore coming out. Um, he didn't have a lot of production in college, which will probably scare some teams from taking him too early in the draft. But the farther this guy falls, the better value you're going to get for a good player. Yep. You know, that's the way I see it. You know, if I had to make a pro comparison for him, and I thought about this a lot, and I watched a lot of guys just mm -hmm. to try to think about who I want to compare him to, it's it's the new Bengal, man. It's Larry, Larry Ogumjobi. Yeah, I think he plays a whole lot like that guy, and Larry's a good player, man. So I think uh, you get a lot of good stuff with Owuzurike. Uh, I'm going to struggle with that the rest of the time this guy plays his career. I thought it was Owuzurike. That's what I thought. I got. I hope it's not, man. Because if, if, that, if that's the case, I'm butchering it already. But you know, again, man, I'm not good with last I think names. I, 
I, I mean, yeah, I, I love your player comp for him too. I mean, size wise, everything the way he plays, I like it a lot. It's just super similar, man. Um, number two for me is Christian Barmore out of Alabama. Barmore is here more based off potential than his current state. I'm going to say that this guy was a beast for Alabama this past season on the interior, has the size, burst, quickness you want to see from a defensive tackle prospect at the next level. Um, he can win with power, um, but he also likes to use a swim move. You can see him use a swim move a lot on film. And uh, his hands are always busy, very hard for offensive linemen to get a handle on this guy. Strong lower body that allows him to uproot offensive linemen. You'll just, you'll just see them get kind of lifted back and they're yeah. off their base and, and they don't have their it's, power anymore. It's a lethal hip roll. Hip roll. Absolutely. Man. Absolutely. He gets off blocks really well and he keeps his eyes searching for the ball carrier. He doesn't get lost in his man. A lot of defensive linemen, you'll see them attack their man and all they're worried about is winning that matchup, right? They, they want to win that matchup and just kind of completely take over that player this guy likes to keep his eyes moving you'll see him go at his man but he likes to keep an eye out for where the ball carrier is where the quarterback is which is something i really enjoy and him being a young player i think is really good and that's going to translate well to the next level he really showed out in the college football playoff he was the defensive mvp in the national championship game for alabama which says enough in itself i think a team will be quick to snag him off the board since this class is seen as top heavy so i could see him probably going a little bit earlier than I would take him. I'm not going to have a problem with it, though, because if you need a D-tackle, this is a guy you can you can pick up, and I think his potential is definitely a, a very good starter in the NFL. Um, he's still raw, but you know he's just still figuring out how good he really is. That was my take on him. Um, number three for me, Bo, and we've already talked about this a little bit, is Tyler Shelvin out of LSU. I mean, talk about an absolutely massive human being Shelvin is on a complete different level of size than the other two guys I just mentioned right he's six foot three 346 pounds 346 pounds That's Shelvin a, out, he outweighs the first two guys I just said by 40 pounds they've said he's been heavier too oh yeah I, I imagine he has I, I imagine this guy struggled with weight and I'm gonna get yeah. to that um what surprised me the most about watching him is how quick this guy can move He's very light-footed, does not move like a guy closing in on 350 pounds. His agility wowed me a ton, getting off blocks, accelerating after a ball carrier. Um, I'm telling you, though, I don't think I've ever seen a prospect this large move that gracefully. Yeah. I mean, I'm telling you, he, the way he moves, you know, I, okay, so I turned on his film and I was like, okay, well, big guy eats up space, right? Okay, and he, he, you know, he has a good... Obviously, just just overpowers people from the Eating start. Eating up space is an understatement, man. He's like a oh, he's like oh, parking an RV in a compact car spot. He when I I didn't realize how big he was. So you know, I go from watching like Barmore and on Where's Arike, if that's how you want me to say his name. I, yeah. I go from watching those two guys, and then I turn him on. I'm like, my God, this is a massive person. <laughs> I mean, just an absolutely huge man. I mean, the guy literally collapses the pocket almost effortlessly. I mean, he just kind of—if if he just kind of fell into the offensive lineman, it's still going to be a problem. He—he's that big, um, just because of his size and his strength, he just collapses it easily. And it's not even that he just charges at linemen, man. He has an awesome hand fighting ability. Even has a couple of nice pass rush moves that he uses as well. And I think it's just an add-on or an advantage that he's already a dangerous weapon at getting to the quarterback. Because, like I said, this guy day one is already one of the better young space eaters and run stoppers in the NFL. Would you yeah. agree with that? 
day one, I believe he's a, he's an elite hole clogger. Whether he can work to the football and shed NFL blocks and get a good first step is up for question, in my opinion. But he will take up more than one blocker at any given moment, which is part of the run stopping in the NFL. Linebackers are generally doing the most work. Exactly. Well, that's more, I guess that's more what I mean. I mean, day one, you put this guy on the line, and you're already probably taking up a gap and a half that mm-hmm. running back's not going through just because this guy's eating every bit of that space up. Yeah. Um, and on top of that, you know, the biggest concern with him is, you know, does he have the ability to stay in shape? Can he keep his weight down? And, you know, can he a- avoid getting worn down too much towards the later parts of games? Yeah. That's what I need to see from Shelvin. If he's able to do that, I think he's a great prospect. I think he's going to be successful at the next level. It's just, can he keep that weight down? Will weight become an issue? Are they going to have to keep him on, you know, plans of, or, you know, what he's eating and things like that? If not, man, if he can, if he can keep it all together and, and stay in shape, I think he's going to be a very good prospect. Um, number four for me, Bo, and this is my favorite guy in this class, is Jalen Twyman out of Pittsburgh. He's an undersized player at six foot two, two hundred ninety one pounds, but he makes up for it with absolutely great technique. I think my one of my favorite things I found out about Twyman was he changed his number to ninety seven to honor Aaron Donald, who also went to Pittsburgh. Um, yeah. And but maybe I'm losing my mind here, but I think the dude kind of looks like Aaron Donald too. I was I was watching my film. I was like, yeah, let me look this guy up. I want to see this guy look what, what he looks like because I enjoy seeing what players look like and things like that. He is absolutely rocked up, and I'm telling you, man, he kind of favors Aaron Donald. And I was just like, wow, man, like I've got to get this guy in the top five. He favors Aaron Donald. He plays yeah. at Pittsburgh and weighs, wears 97 for Donald. I mean, this guy must be a stud, right? Which I'm kidding about that, but I, I do think he's a really good player. I'm not going to lie. He plays a lot like Donald, though, in terms of knowing how to use his brute strength, knowing how to beat linemen with leverage, super high IQ player that knows how to get off blockers and get into the backfield, solid in run support, plays with a lot of energy. And he doesn't give up in pursuit, which I always like to see from a defensive lineman. A lot of these guys, once a guy gets past them, you know, you'll see them kind of hold back a little bit and start trotting. This guy doesn't do that. He's full pursuit, man. He has an excellent motor. Um, Super strong lower body that allows him to drive linemen off their base. I thought of Twyman as kind of an underdog in this class, but uh, after watching him enough, there is no question to me that he belongs in the top five. And Mm -hmm. I think teams are probably going to shy away from him, though, due to his size, but I'm telling you, whatever team gets him, they'll be getting a steal, man. This guy's going to give you 100% every play, and I think he is super talented. He's not going to come in day one and start. I do not believe that. But I think over time, man, this guy's going to be a serious, serious player in the NFL. think he's like a day three pick, or do you think just because of – I mean, he might – Pittsburgh interior D linemen aren't exactly at the top of the of you know of the Mel Kiper boards. You know what I mean? So I mean, do you think he's a day two, late day two or a day three pick? You know, I, I'm gonna be honest with you. I think he's day four probably. Okay. I, I'm saying that there's a the guy that I have at number four on my list right now is gonna be a day four. Wow. Okay. I, I don't think teams Good are gonna call. look at this guy. I don't think they're gonna look at this guy and see see. I think they're gonna see other defensive linemen that are bigger. Um, and, you know, don't have the size issue. Because, I mean, this guy never gets pushed around, man. You know, you yeah. kind of said the same thing about Lee McNeil from NC State. He mm-hmm. never gets pushed around. You yeah. never see this guy just get pushed back and thrown off and things like that. He's a very, very good player. But I think teams are going to shy away from it because of his size. But, yeah. you know, the past has shown don't worry about the size. We just talked about, Bo, me and you were just speaking about Aaron Donald and Geno Atkins, both who will be Hall of Famers at some point um, down the line. 
you know, sizes and everything. So I, I think you're going to get a very good player in Jalen Twyman. Um, and then five for me is Davion Dixon out of Iowa. Uh, just a high-energy player that wins with power and instinct. Shows the quickness, burst, and twitch that all of your better linemen have. Um, he's probably one of the best guys in this class at getting skinny and getting through gaps, which is huge for a defensive lineman if you want to help out run support, get tackles for a loss, also get to the quarterback. And I think he's the type of player that can come in day one and add to a defense immediately. I see him more as a rotational player at the start, but this guy you know, definitely has the ability to be a starter in the NFL. Um, so watch out for that name as well. And then uh, man, my honorable mention is Marvin Wilson from Florida State, who, who was a massive name over the past two years and has kind of yeah. fell off a little bit. His film's still good, man. It's not as good as it was last year, but I- I'm still super impressed with Marvin Wilson. Uh, he possesses a dangerous bull rush, man, that he- and he eats up a ton <laughs> of space, right? He's super, super violent, uh, super competitive. So I- I've always loved watching Marvin Wilson. I think that's still a guy that people need to keep their eye on as the draft comes up. I love but, uh, that. I love that honorable mention because for you, uh, Marvin Wilson is, I think, a guy who the college game doesn't do his body type justice because it's so spread out and so wide to the sidelines. Once he gets in the NFL, you see more pro style and and you see more guys go under center and, and you play teams like the Titans, you know, run heavy teams. And like he's going to be that great force in the middle to stop the run for you. He will I be. Mean, man. Yeah, I think Kyle, I think just. The college scheme does him a disservice when it comes to like how you can use him. I, I agree 100%. I think Marvin Wilson definitely will be in a better situation when he gets in the NFL yeah, than I he agree. is right now. And, and plus, I think a lot right, of times the right you team see will it, take him. Well, you see it a lot. A lot of colleges don't use these players the best way either. Yeah. Right. They just kind of they throw them out there. They're the most talented. You know, they're either the most talented guy on the team or on on the defense, the offense. And they just got to have them on the field, but they don't always put them in the in the best situations to succeed. Yeah, And I think when he gets to the next level, he's going to get with a coaching staff that knows how to use him, has seen players like him before, and they're going to be able to take advantage of it. But, uh, but that's my top five, man, and my honorable mention. It was a lot of fun watching these guys. Um, I can't wait to hear yours. I'm, I'm ready to hear what you have to say these <laughs> well, top I, five. I think, the, I think the one and two can be interchangeable. So I mine's Christian Barrymore as my number one. Um, you should not be that big and be able to move that fluidly and fast. Uh, it's extremely impressive. I think his his body type fits fits both college and the NFL perfectly. He's kind of that prototype guy that can either – I mean, he can go to, he can go directly over the center or come out to a three technique or, you know, even if you go into a two man set can play all across the line, wherever you need him to, uh, his, he plays with his hands. The one thing I noticed you can, he, you know, the Alabama, they always got the white gloves on. You can see his hands perfectly out in front of him, always ready to fight with the hands. He's always engaging with that first. He's swatting. You mentioned his swim move, I believe. Is that what you mentioned? His swim. Okay. So he usually, what I saw was he would take it and club the guy's outside hand or whatever, whatever, wherever he's lined up, club and then swim. So the guy's hands are out of the way and he blows right through him on the inside. It's beautiful. I mean, it is. <laughs> it fucking, is beautiful, man. It is textbook. I mean, if even if he goes with just the club and goes through, if a guy, if he can use one or the other, but when he flows right through that movement, oh my God. And I mean, and not to mention, he comes up under the, it comes up under with, I don't know, that's the strafe, I forget, but he comes up under them really well. It's, it's unbelievable. It's super fun to watch. Um, he's, he's rock solid. He's got a great core. He sheds blocks with his hands. He doesn't, he doesn't, you don't see him get off balance trying to get off a block. He doesn't turn his shoulders too much. He stays square and he disengages on his own every time. It's almost totally up to him when he wants to get off the 
the block. He hangs on to it. His head's almost on a swivel when you watch him looking for the run. I mean, he's just looking around his man, and he's not even – it's almost like his – his instincts for what his blocker is doing once he's engaged is is unbelievable. So I really enjoyed watching him. He's super in tune with it, with what's happening in the line in front of him. I think the the biggest thing with Barmore, and you know, you you go from school's pedigree, right? So mm-hmm. you you've got Alabama, who you know puts out studs at pretty much every position. Uh, mm-hmm. Maybe not quarterback, but we're getting there with quarterbacks. Maybe Mac Jones can turn that well, around a little bit. He has to face too. the best offensive line talent, you know. Exactly, man. And I think. We all know that Alabama can coach defensive linemen extremely well. Well, he's just the next guy out right now, mm-hmm. right? So I'm excited to see what he can do. Yeah, and I think every day in practice he had to face Alabama linemen too. So that's another thing, Alabama offensive linemen, which we we discussed. You know, he was probably head up with Landon Dickerson more than anyone in the I country. I was about to say, man, Landon yeah. Dickerson. We know yeah. he's a stoke. We already talked yeah. about him. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, I think he's a splash play guy. He knows how to punch the ball out. He he's his eyes are always on the football. Even when even when the play is the quarterback stepping up and he's being almost pushed away from the play, he always dives in, tries to get his hands in there to try and snatch at that football. I love to see that. His feet are never tangled up. I'm um, a number two, Levi Ozarike. That's how I said his name. I'm pretty sure that's how you say it. <laughs> you probably um, say it right, man. I'm, I'm yeah. so bad at that. Um, I mean, it's 6'3", 290. I mean, I think he's a, gr- he's a great size. He's stout. He anchors well on double team. You're not going to knock him off uh, off course when, you're getting, when, when it's time for the run block and stuff and, and dealing with that. And I think that his bull rush is – is top-notch elite ready to go in the nfl but the most impressive thing that i saw was he was it's like he knew the snap count did you notice that yeah every play he predict it's almost like he predicts it every time dude every play his head is off the ball even if he doesn't if he overruns it if he if he messes up you know even if he's nowhere in it his head is the first one moving. He's always making his jump first. He's never off sides. I mean, it's super impressive. That's a that's a natural feel for the game. Oh, yeah. To get that the football is kind of flowing through you at that point. Uh, you can't knock him off course once he says he's once he shows he's going somewhere. Good luck taking him the other direction. Um, I think Pac-12 double teams were too easy for him. Super combative hands. His his. I think he's probably got the most NFL ready motor out of this group right now. I mean, he, 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 he goes after it, um, extremely instinctual off the run. Um, it, he, he feels it so well shifts through the bull crap when he's in there and finds the football. Um, but I'd say in the pac 12, he could, he, it was never like, okay, he's got the B gap. He st- he's in line with that. He plays, it works his way through it to the play. He, if he saw it and he could go to it, he'd just go, you know what I mean? He's going to, in the NFL, they're going to ask you to do something. There's no disengaging going off doing what you want to do. Just stay disciplined, stay gap sound. He's going to be, a, he's going to be heavily paid throughout his NFL career, no question. And then my number three kind of surprise with a guy like who's built like this being number three, uh, a Lynn McNeil, I think out of NC State at 320 pounds. I think he gives you that shelving size, but more functional, stronger core. Uh, better motor at that size too, and I, I think my player comp for him is Javon Hargrave, the guy the Steelers took not too long ago. He's got that thick lower body that just anchors into the ground like a pillar. You know what I mean? Yeah. And he does have short arms, and we were discussing this. It's like his. I think you mentioned his push and his power. Like, and I think that. He is he is getting push and he's never getting moved backwards. I think his short arms are deceiving on his push because you look at guys like Aaron Donald, 
Cam Hayward, Stefan Tuitt, Geno Atkins, guys like that, DJ Reader. There's a there's a crazy – it's like their man is pressed up off of them and they're finding the football. This guy doesn't have arms like that. He's winning with power, a violent first move, needs to work on a second move, needs to be more consistent with that. And then I would say that his size and his speed down the line are going to be his biggest problem. I don't know how much of a sack man he'll ever be. You know, he's never going to catch up to Deshaun Watson on a broken play unless no, he's lucky. Unless he's lucky. Not. You well, know what I mean? You know, you brought up Tyler Shell and talking about Lee McNeil. I think the, the biggest thing I take away from Lee McNeil is he's, he is disciplined. He, he, when you look at Tyler Shelvin, he's more of like, okay, like it's, it, it's kind of like he's sporadic. Like Godzilla. Yeah, he's sporadic, man. And I hate to bring this up, but I've got to tell you, and I almost sent it to you, what exactly watching Tyler Shelvin was like and what it reminded me of. Do you remember that video that came out a while back? And uh, this is going to sound terrible. Do you remember that video that came out a while, while back? Of, it was a younger kid. Um, yeah, I don't know how old, probably in middle school. He was blind and he played football. And uh, nice. and they put like that hardcore metal music of him just running around, like just hitting people because he you know didn't really know where he was going, but it's just hitting people, just contact, contact. Yeah. That's exactly what I pictured watching Tyler Shelvin. Yeah, <laughs> that's exactly what I took away. It probably sounds terrible, but I, I had to say that man because that is exactly what I pictured. Man. It's like watching and like a one of those a ships that drive through like the Arctic and they're just pushing all the ice with them and they're still making <laughs> yeah, headway. That's a really good comparison. It's, they're just he's just dredging through. It's not pretty. It's not fast. But he's taking everything in his way with him and just going where he wants to go. Exactly. I agree. I agree with that. I do. And uh, shoot, man, we got to talking. I'll dang, put my list down. We were just free, freelancing there. All right. My, my number four is uh, Milton Williams out of Louisiana Tech. He was he didn't make your list, but I'm I love super impressed with his tape. And the, one, the thing that impressed me the most is his one arm extension. He has the ability to get on a tackle or a guard. It doesn't really shoot or center. He can play, in my opinion, he played all across the line really well for Louisiana Tech. And no matter how they want to line him up, he did it well. He extends out with one arm on like their on like their the side of their body where they're unbalanced, and these gets these guys all pinned way back up in the air, and just in the other arm he makes the tackle, and it happens so much. It's like he was playing at a level that was that was like down from him, and I think at that level he could he doesn't have the longest arms. I think it's somewhere in the 32, 33 range, but. At that level, he could extend and man, keep a distance from guys and do whatever he wanted to do. He, I think he's got one of the one of the biggest like mean streaks out of these out of these guys too. When you watch his film, he is always in someone's face. He's always playing uber uber aggressive. Uh, he disengages with blockers really well. He's a tone setter for that team. He was a leader for that team. He doesn't get blown off the ball from what I saw. Now he was not playing at a big school, but he did throughout his career have to face some big teams and he still wasn't getting wasn't getting blown off the ball like that. I think he's got a wonderful base, super strong core. He is he is rocked up and he's ready to play and I know he's up for it at the next level right now. And I just think he works his way to the quarterback with a real he's 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 got an it's like he's got an axe to grind with the offensive line in front of him. He is he is always all I mean it is even when the play's blown by, I mean, he's still making his way. He's, he's just a full head of steam. 
I mean, I, I just love to watch his tape. It was a blast. And like I said, my favorite thing was watching him. He extends out, grabs with one arm, and uses the other arm and makes the tackle. Extremely consistent with his tackles. My number five was a surprise a little bit. Didn't think I would do it. It was kind of one for me. But Jay Tufele, I guess that's how you say his name, out of USC. Uh, he's the Samoan. And I have a, I have a, you know, I love the Samoan players. I know you do too. With uh, with Do the Peco Domata Peco, I think that was oh, his yeah. name. Played for the play for the Bengals. They play with such an intensity, and he brings that Samoa style, just just intensity and anger to the game. And I mean, it is an it is an elite motor that he plays with, and his hands are always out in front and super violent. I I don't think that he's the flashiest player. I don't think he's the best athlete on the field. He's got, I mean, he play in on field goal block. He's nasty. I mean, his bull rush is, bull rush is insane. I love to watch it. I think his only thing is he can get knocked off balance if he ends up on a double team and a guard's got him or a center's got him stood up and the other one comes down and chips him and hits him right on the hip. I think he's got a little trouble with his balance. But I tell you what, he is fun to watch and he has like this crazy knack. From making his way up the field twenty yards and making a chase down tackle he does run do play, that, man, you do notice and, that, and that is something that is super hard to ignore, and it's a super underrated trait in the NFL. You get a lot of big boys that don't do that, and then you see he doesn't slow down in the fourth quarter, even though he does that, and that was my that's my reason that my number six is Tyler Shelvin, because Tyler Shelvin has that violent streak, he has that people moving mentality, great bull rush, eats the hole up, all that. But the motor is terrifying, in my opinion. In the in the NFL, D linemen make their money in the second half, in my opinion. I agree with that. I think your strong front four, having that four man rush, having that rush that doesn't get tired, having the rush that might take a couple breaks in the first half, but don't come out from eight minutes left in the third to the end of the game. That is what it's all about when it comes to defense. And I struggle with, I mean, if you're going to rotate him out and bring him in and maybe he, his motor does get better when his life can become football. I don't know what they do down in LSU. I imagine he drinks a beer or two every now and then maybe when he's getting paid to do it, it'll be different, but guys who struggle with weight rarely ever come down to not struggling with weight. I haven't seen it too much, but that's just that that was my problem with him. His tape, I mean, he's just a man amongst boys in a lot of senses, which, which is crazy in the SEC, but he makes he he's like the he's the biggest, but that's also like his biggest problem, you know, yeah, in my opinion. I agree, man. I think I don't know, I don't see Shelvin being a guy that stays on the field all the time. You know what I mean? I think yeah. Shelvin is the type of guy he's gonna rotate out based on what scheme, you know, and the defensive setup that they're trying to throw in the game at that time. Yeah. Throw I, him in gonna, at the goal line. You're go, you're golden. Oh, oh, I mean you are golden. But he better point. not have had fifty snaps before that, or else he's getting blown off the ball. You got a third and two and the other team's trying to run the ball, put him in there. You know yeah. what I mean? Like he's oh, gonna yeah. he's gonna clog the hole. He's but if he played it, but if you played first and second down and it's the third quarter, late third quarter, I don't know. That's my yeah. problem. And that's, and, that's in, the, in the NFL, guys like Quentin Nelson are going to be are going to be ready to gobble him up in the fourth quarter. You know, when he's tired, if he plays a lot of snaps, if you can rotate him in and clog holes on late downs or whatever you need to do, then then I think that's a great thing. But spending a high draft pick on a guy like that is not something I mean, that's a day three cat for me. 
he's probably a day three guy for me as well. Um, like I'd round like that. round six for me, and and that's just. I think every if if he was three twenty and moved more fluidly and had a, and his motor was out outrageous, you know, I would be stupid high on the guy. But I just being big and being out of shape, it, there's not an excuse at this point in time in 2021 in in football. I, I see him more as a, as a round five guy. I, as, again, I just can't get over the the power and the size and his his the light footedness. I can't mm-hmm. get over that, and I think it's all special. Mm-hmm. That's more why I have him at three. Again, man, I, you know, and I said it when I was talking about him. Can he can he manage the weight? That that's the whole thing. The whole thing. His whole career hinges on his weight issue because it is an issue. One hundred percent is an issue. I and, think. And, I think I think if he can manage that and if he can keep his weight down, he'll be gravy, right? But if he cannot, he's going to struggle the rest of his career and and may not even be able to stay in the league. I think a late round selection would be good for his mentality in the weight room and conditioning, motivation. Well, yeah, that's what he of, needs. Of a motivational he, he, factor. Because what when most people need to lose weight and stay in shape, they need motivation. That's right, man. Uh, guys, we're going to jump into the 2021 edge rankings right now. I had a blast watching all of these guys. It was a really difficult class to rank um, for, for a couple of different reasons. I mean, it's it, this class is not the type of class that has a guy like a Chase Young or something like that in it, but it is, yeah. it is a deep class. I do believe it's a deep class with quality guys. I'll go ahead and jump into my first guy right now, and that's Quiddy Pay out of Michigan. And I'm going to be the first guy to say this. I'm not a big fan of Michigan pass rushers. I've never been a big fan of them. Just like I wasn't a big fan of Rashawn Gary, right? It's kind of a yeah. different position, but I wasn't a big fan. And, yeah, and he's I don't more think, inside. Yeah, but Rashawn Gary is still, he hasn't panned out terrifically in the NFL, right? Yeah. It's still early, but I, I don't see him panning out to be what people thought he was going to be. But let's talk about Quiddy Pay and let's talk about what you get with this guy. He's mm-hmm. an athletic, high energy player. He's going to give 100% on each play. I think Pay's explosion off the line is the first thing that sticks out sticks out to you. Um, he absolutely shoots out of his stance and into his man with power and a very good leg drive. He has a solid pass rush arsenal to beat offensive linemen. Uh, I think most notably he uses it's a nasty rip move or what you'd call a rip pull method. He loves going to that. Um, he knows how to use leverage. Does a great job of getting under the pad level of offensive linemen. Um, he also does a great job of setting the edge in the run game or containment of a quarterback. He's very good at that his short area quickness is through the roof um he's the perfect example of a player Bo, that is quicker than he is fast mm-hmm. his short area quickness is is he's very twitched very good. up he is twitched up man and i think you know l- l- let's talk about what people have brought up considering pay's production at the college level right so there's a very good chance that pay will be the first pass rusher selected in this draft class okay even though that shows his talent people should understand that Pay is not on the same level as previous players that were the first pass rusher selected. Players like Miles Garrett, Chase Young, um, the Bosa brothers, uh, Bradley Chubb, were all much better prospects than Pay, in my opinion. I, and I really don't think it's that close. Pay is a good player, but compared to those guys, it's not really, it's kind of a different, in a different realm. And, you know, the production kind of speaks for itself. So I've got some numbers right here. Miles Garrett had 31 sacks in three seasons. Chase Young had 30 and a half in three seasons. Nick Bosa had 17 and a half in 29 games. He only played three games his junior year due to a core muscle injury. Bradley Chubb had 25 sacks in three seasons. And Joey Bosa had 26 sacks in three seasons. Pay only had 11 and a half in four years at Michigan. Wow. 
production isn't everything. I say that a whole lot. Yeah, I mean, but it's like, destructive. Exactly. But like I've said, you, you know, I've said this before. It is something you need to look at. It's not everything, but it is something. So, you know, so pay isn't those guys that I just mentioned. That's fine. He doesn't have to be right. Pay is a guy that you draft for the high floor, in my opinion, instead of the potential. Um, I would say pay's floor is a productive NFL starter with a possible Pro Bowl appearance. Or, or, you know, a couple of Pro Bowl appearances. That's how I see Quiddy Pay. I think he's a really good prospect, but he people need to understand. And he's not getting taken as high as, you know, the other guys I just mentioned. Pretty much, I mean, when you look at Chubb, the Bosa brothers, Miles Garrett was number one overall, but you look at Chubb and the Bosa brothers and Chase Young, I'm pretty sure the majority of those guys, if not all of them, were taken with the second overall pick, Yeah. right? Quiddy Pay is going to fall, I'm going to say, maybe in the 15 to 20 range. Okay, so he's he's not the same type of player, but like I've said before, you you don't he doesn't have to be. He's still a very good prospect. Uh, both number two for me is Aziz Azulari out of Georgia. This guy plays yeah. for my favorite team, man. I'm I knew he was going to be high on yours. I, I struggle so hard with these names, man. It's almost embarrassing. There's a lot of ba- there's a lot of hard ones to do in, the, in this draft. <laughs> it it really is. Man. Um, Azulari, guys, he's a stout frame. He's built like a brick house. Very strong, athletic build. Um, I watched this guy on film, Bo, stop a pulling guard in his absolute tracks like it was nothing. The guard just ran into a brick wall. That this dude is so stout, it's not even funny. He ain't he just anchors and it hits so hard. Um, yeah. What I think makes Ojolari stand out is his polish and his pass rush ability. He seems to have a plan each time he attacks an offensive lineman, and he seems to know how to prey on their weaknesses. So when he, you know, his first couple of reps against an offensive lineman, he's kind of figuring you out, right? Which is what most pass rushers do. They figure out, you know, how am I going to beat this guy? What, what does he struggle with? He does a great job of that, finding out what they struggle with, and he preys on it. Um, he has an impressive amount of bend, has no issues dipping that shoulder in and turning the corner. Effective in helping in the run game, does a good job of setting the edge and keeping the edge. He's comfortable as a stand-up or hand-in-the-ground guy, which is awesome. He can fit in a 3-4 or 4-3 scheme. Um, good short area burst and quickness. I do have some issues with him, though. The The main thing that I have an issue with is he lacks chase-down speed, and his pursuit could use some work. Um, it, it looks like you know his motor is good, but he seems to let off quite a bit once a player gets past him, which isn't one of my favorite things to see. Maybe he changes that, but you just brought it up. Maybe when he's doing this for money, the motivation, man, he gets out there and he, he starts chasing guys down. But I do think he needs to work on that a little bit. But overall, I think he's a, a really good prospect. He's, he's exactly what NFL teams are looking for in an edge rusher nowadays. Number three for me is probably the guy that um, – one of the hardest guys to rank. It's Jalen Phillips out of Miami. Um, yeah. He's six foot five, two hundred sixty-six pounds. High energy, high motor player. Does a great job at getting pressure on opposing quarterbacks consistently. I mean, it is consistent. He's in the backfield. Um, has a really good repertoire of pass rush moves. You see him often switching between a rip, pull, a swim, or a spin move. So he's got he's got an arsenal. Um, he also likes to set up his opponents with a series of like quick stutter steps and hesitation moves, which is awesome too. seeing him already use that at the college level. is going to make that translation to the NFL really easy, very polished pass rusher. He goes into every rep with a strategy and it's evident. You can see it on film. He, 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 he knows what he's trying to do and he normally succeeds at it. Uh, does an awesome job at getting skinny, getting through gaps and past linemen. Uh, he's another player who is comfortable in either stand-up or hand-in-the-ground pass rush situations, which is huge, man. If you can be a little bit versatile, the NFL loves that. They'll eat every bit of that up. Um, I was really impressed when I turned on his tape. 
I think obviously the biggest issue that Phillips currently is facing is his history of injuries. All right, so let's look at these injuries. He had a severe wrist injury suffered during a moped accident. He has had sprains in both ankles, and he's had three concussions. One of those concussions made Phillips retire from football. And that is the most alarming thing, is that it's something that if I was a GM, in all honesty, would make me really think whether I wanted to draft a player that had already retired once before he turned 22. Yeah, I, that, I'd be, I wouldn't go anywhere near it. That, that's alarming, man. I, I, I don't like that. But when you watch him on film, his talent is obvious. It, it's it's, it's, it's so almost 6'6". Six, six. His bend is incredible. It's unbelievable, man. And I think it's a worry, worrisome situation. He has all the talent, but the other things make it much more complicated. You know, Phillips' situation could easily make him not even be in the top five. But I'm going with the assumption he plays and has no issues. I'm going to go with that assumption here. If that is the case, then his talent alone sits him here at three, easily. Um, He could retire after two seasons or potentially be the best guy in this class. That's what we're talking about here. That's what you get with Jalen Phillips. It's a scary thing, and GMs are going to have to decide, you know, do we take that risk for the the high risk, high reward? That's Jalen Phillips, in my opinion. Yeah. Right. Um, Number four for me, guys, is Jason Owe Owe from Penn State. Oh wait, wait man, I, just just let me have it, man. Just, don't don't correct me. Just just let me say it. Scouting Owe and ranking him was probably the most difficult of any of these guys. Um, from a physical standpoint and athletic standpoint, he is possibly the top dog in this class, right? He has the prototypical size you look for in an edge rusher at the next level: six foot five, two hundred fifty-seven pounds. He put on some absolutely freakish numbers at his pro day. Owe yeah. ran a four-three-six forty which is faster than any linebacker ever at the combine. He's an edge rusher, an edge rusher. Crazy. He he ran a faster 40 than any linebacker ever clocked at the combine. He also put up almost a 40-inch vertical at 39 and a half, and he had had an 11-foot, 2-inch broad jump. Has an awesome mixture of strength and length. He has 34-inch arms. He has good speed. But here's my issue with him. In my opinion, most people are ranking him within the top two or three edge rushers in this class probably more so off of what we've just talked about freakish abilities um i i didn't do that i think when you look at the film you can see some things that are concerning um the first thing being that he never seems to have a plan when rushing the quarterback and secondly i don't see any consistent pass rush moves that he uses on a regular basis which is it's not what you want to see it seems like he tries to just move his man instead of beat him with technique or or a pass rush move and i think you know maybe here and there you see a spin move but i don't think I don't see enough polish as a pass rusher to put him higher than he is on this list right now at four. Yeah, that, That's more what I'm trying to get at. But I also can't put him any lower than four due to his potential and his freakish athleticism. So yeah. it, it's a hard scout, man. It, it's a hard guy. If it makes sense, what I'm trying to say, it's a hard scout. I think the potential is there, but I'm not ranking him any higher than I have him right now because I just don't quite see enough to put him any higher. Yeah. Right. And then number five for me is Gregory Rosell out of Miami. Um, mm. Talk about a guy whose draft stock has been like a roller coaster. Before the season started uh, this year, and even before that, Rosell was locked in as a potential top five pick. Me, Bo, me, and you talked about him a lot. You know, before all this got started, you know, this past college football season, you know, this guy was the talk of the town, man. Yeah. Rosell was a massive prospect. I mean, you you couldn't look at a mock draft or anything without seeing him in the top five. Um, I've talked about length a lot with all the edge rushers. This guy has every bit of it. He's six foot seven, two hundred sixty five pounds. He has an eighty three inch wingspan. But now I'm thinking, 
he's probably not going to go until mid-second round at this point. His biggest issue is that he sat out the 2020 season and then didn't test that great at his pro day, which is not what you want to see, right? He put up a 4.6840, and then he really struggled with a 7.5 in the three-cone drill, which is a really important drill for edge rushers. That, that, is, that might be the most important drill for edge rushers. And, and remember this, boat. offensive tackle Rashawn Slater, who we talked about in the last episode, had a 7.48 three-cone. And he beat Rosales. That's not good, man. That's really bad. And per John Ledyard, Rosal hit the cone on his first three-cone attempt and then almost fell on his second attempt. <laughs> I mean, that, that's bad, man. That is bad. He put up 21 reps on the bench press, and he had a 9-foot, 7-inch broad jump. Um, I think the problem with all this was it made it look like he hadn't been working out and honing his craft like he should have been while he wasn't playing. Yeah, that's the vibe. I, I think his tape, he looks a lot more agile on tape than he does at the he combine. Does. He really does, man. You know, there, there are some positives. You know, he has awesome length. When you watch him on film, he plays with a good motor, a ton of energy. His pursuit is really good. His length allows him to long arm linemen. It allows him to get his hands on his man before they are able to engage with him, which Bo, talking about offensive linemen, that's what you don't want. And an offensive lineman does not want a guy that can get his hands on them before they can engage with him. Yeah, because you're that you're already at a disadvantage. You've already lost. Yeah, exactly. So I, I think he has a ton of potential and could definitely have been higher on this list. It's kind of like the Jalen Phillips situation. They just have stuff that going on that makes them more of a wild card than you would like for them to be. Right. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that that just made it harder to scout and rank them. Uh, my honorable mention for my edge rushers is Ronnie Perkins out of Oklahoma, man. Super violent, good blend of power and speed easily could have been in this list. I mean, keeping him out of this list was extremely hard. I barely have him outside of it. Ronnie Perkins, that is definitely a name that everyone needs to look out for because I was super impressed with him. And another guy that, you know, is Joseph Asai from from Texas. I'm, I'm, a, I'm very big on him too, man. Both of those guys have a lot of potential and show some really good traits and talent on film. So I think those are two guys that everyone needs to be looking out for. I hear you, man. I, I like that. I like that top five, and I think mine is going to be more similar towards the top, a little different towards the back end. But I mean, I think with this, this might have been the most predictable, possibly out of out of them. I don't know. I mean, it, it, it's close between that and then the linebackers. But my first one is the is the same as you, Quiddy Pay. I really don't think he had an option. Um, I think that he really brings the most complete package to the table out of all these guys. Uh, when you talk about strength, speed moves, being able to move around in different defensive fits. I mean, you never know if he goes high, how many time, how many different coordinators he's going to have, what schemes he's going to end up in. Um, but he really, he really shows the ability to do everything except for be, I wouldn't say that he's going to be your 16 sacks a year type player. You know what I mean? I'd say like at a floor, I mean, this could be more like a six to 10 but he's super strong against the run. You know what I mean? He's twitchy. He blows people up, blows the play up, super destructive. Um, he really brings you complete size, speed, balance, all that. It's really, really balanced game. Um, he gets down the line, catches up to ball players, not to mention he's like, like bodybuilder esque in the weight room. I mean, have you seen this guy like picture? Oh, yeah. Ads? It is. He's it is, stout, man. He's it's stout. like he plays edge, but he looks like John Randall. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, the way yeah, he, he does. like, like that's how I wrote in my phone. I was like, he looks like John Randall, but John Randall was a defensive tackle. Like, that's just how thick he is. Well, well, can you I, know? Let me bring something up. And I, I didn't touch on this, but I think it's a really cool story. Did you ever hear about his story? 
the way he he escaped like wars. I can't I can't remember. What I think he from. just brought his mom back, didn't he? Exactly. Yeah, he was. It was in a really bad situation when he was young and, and a war zone. He's from Sierra Leone, or yeah, yeah, yeah. really bad war zone situation, mm-hmm. and he had to escape and come to the United States. And and what he's been able to do, man, is awesome. So I just had yeah. to bring up. extremely hard worker, locker room guy. I mean, he never gets tired. He's in great shape. He'll never he'll never have to worry about him passing a physical. He's flexible. He has bend. Um, he's not too tall. He's not too short, so he can get under. He can play whatever pad level you need to. Super impressive. I would say your biggest problem with him is that he's not going to be your – he's going to be more Everson Griffin than Bud Dupree. You know what I mean? He's kind of built similar to Bud Dupree. He looks like it, but he just isn't that athletic around the edge. Um, like guys like Trent Williams, I think you're going to kind of eat him for breakfast on third and long and, and passing situations uh, until he can really figure out his move combination or what his plan is as a pass rusher at the next level. But, <clears throat> excuse me, but love his game all around. Super fun to watch. Probably the most disciplined guy out of this group, too. I agree I mean, with that I think also. It's definitely. Definitely. I mean, he whatever you need him to do, he'll do it. He won't change it up, and he'll do it to the best of his ability. I just don't expect him to be Julius Peppers. That's all I'll say. Um, by number two, you weren't as high on him, but Jason Oway, uh, Penn State. I wasn't as high, man, but I'm excited my, to hear this. My first thing, it says, I didn't even like – I didn't put anything else yet. I just said, look at this dude move. <laughs> it is he, incredible, man. He bounce. He's just, it's almost, it's like a running back, like a, he just kind of bounces around over there. And it's like, I agree with you in the sense that he isn't, he isn't the guy that's taking on blockers and just throwing them out of the way. You know, he's more of go around you type, but he's super rangy. There's the play can go anywhere on the field, no matter which side he's lined up on and he can chase it down. He, I think he's going to be TJ Watt esque in the fact that he's going to come around the around the the backside on a lot of plays and make and make plays that way, which is which is phenomenal and extremely underrated at the next level. It's you know you're already in the backfield, tackles can't keep up with you, especially in teams that are going to end up with weak offensive lines. As you know, offensive lines one of the hardest positions to keep filled in the NFL, in my opinion, especially athletic tackles, really hard to come by. Um, I thought that. In the NFL, I don't think he's going to be as good against the run as he was in college. In college, you see him sift through the garbage in the, in the hole and just get to where he wants to go without much problem. And he created havoc doing that. But in the NFL, they're more direct. Their 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 angles are better. Their leverage is better. I think he'll struggle with that. And I think he needs to get his hand consistency in his hands down on every down. You see him flash the hands when he combines his ability to move with hands that are all over the place that Lyman can't keep up with, I think it's really good, but it's not an every down thing. He he falls back on his twitchiness and athleticism too much. I think you touched on that a little bit. He tries to be the athlete, not the pass rusher. Exactly. You know what I mean? And which is which is a lot to build on. I don't think you can teach twitchiness. That's the biggest problem with 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 some of the with some of the small like like that was like the, probably the biggest problem with like Milton Williams is that it's not a super twitched up guy and how do you how do you coach twitchiness I don't think that's something that's just something you coach that's something you have a feel for and he does have that so that was my my take on Jason Oway he's got tons of potential and I think plays kind of went away from him 
you know, in, at Penn State, they definitely went to take on the other side rather than go to him. That's for sure. Because in college, there was no one that at his size, at, even at 6'5", you know, 255, 260, he still moves around like a skill, like a like an offensive skill position player. And it's kind of, it's freakish. It really is freakish. And then my number three is your guy, Aziza Ojolari. Is that how you say it? From, <laughs> we're we're going to struggle <laughs> with all these. Um, is Georgia... Probably the meanest, most aggressive guy out of these out of this group, in my opinion. He brings a he brings an edge and sets the tone on every play. Super explosive. Uh, he's great versus the run. And I put this in for you: what Georgia players aren't good against the run? You know, yeah, that's right, man. He, he doesn't get pushed around. He's extremely hard to get leverage on. And from everything I've heard, he's a great teammate, stand-up guy, and he's one of the most successful linebackers in the Kirby Smart era. Let me so. say something. Let me say something about this. There was a week this year at Georgia, and this is super impressive and kind of funny. He was named defensive lineman of the week, and he played outside linebacker. Yeah. He can kind of go everywhere, and I really like him in 3-4 at the next level. I think he's going to set up nicely somewhere. Yeah, I, I would really say, I would say he's, he's better as a stand-up guy. I would agree with you. He, he Now, he, is, he can definitely handle everything as a hand-in-the-ground rusher, but I think his bread and butter is stand-up. Yeah, 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 and and, and you know, and I think I re- really, 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 as an edge, he's quick to decide where he's going. He's quick to read the play, and I really love. It's a very, it, it's like it's coming from within him. He he he's a really sound above the shoulders football player at edge too. So that's always good to see. I love I love Kirby Smart defenders, and uh, it's it's kind of. Well, and something else you touched on, man, I think this was on the last episode, is you said that you know Georgia runs a lot of complicated defensive schemes. They, they've run some wild stuff at Georgia, and him being in that situation is going to help him translate. You know what I mean? He's seen a lot of different looks, which oh my God, will, will yeah. definitely e- ease probably his way the most, into that. Probably the most, com- the most complicated blitz packages in college he's, he's dealing with. Exactly. He's, they're no, no one, no defense in, foot, in college football other than maybe – LSU and Bama are going to ask that much of you on defense. And then he stepped up to the plate on in every level. And I believe him and, and OA are are interchangeable. And the reason that I have OA is just his there's things with him you just can't you can't work on. They're they're just God given abilities that he has. And that that's a lot for an a really good sound uh, outside linebackers coach in the NFL can really build on that. You know, when he's got every day to work on his power. I mean, I think we saw Chase Young gain a lot of power in a few years once he grew up and once he got bigger. And hopefully oh, yeah. that'll that'll be a ways thing. Um, my number four, you're going to notice something here by the end of this too, by the way. My number four is Gregory Russo, Miami. Um, <clears throat> and I think a lot of that had to do with the frame you had to build on, but that does – that didn't really lead me astray because I think he's going to get absolutely get his world rocked by some, some of these NFL teams that still trap and do some, and do crazy pro style run schemes. He's going to have a trouble with that at six foot seven. He's going to have trouble with pad level. He made lots of broken tackle hustle sacks in college. I think he's, he's got some pretty, pretty high sack numbers at Miami. And I think that's part of his draft stock roller coaster, but it's because he's just such a crazy agile guy at six foot seven. I mean, I, I think like you said that his 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 testing, his three cones and all that weren't as impressive as he is on the field. When you watch him play, it's like 
when he gets a man in front of him and can work off that guy, he's in a more comfortable setting than he is in a practice field with cones. He's more of a, a game day agile guy. Uh, and I think his, his frame is going to make him kind of easy to block at the next level. Um, but he can, he can put his hand down and rush. He can stand up and rush. He offers a little versatility in that sense. Um, and he does, he does consistently keep his hands out in front of him. As long as in the NFL, he sh- can be strong enough to get those long arms. Pro- I think they're the, probably the longest arms out of this group oh, out, out, out in front of him and control his blockers take them on and control them. I think he's going to be fine. And just dealing with setting the edge at six foot seven and, and maintaining your balance and, and your core strength is going to be interesting, but love him as a pass rusher. I have him over Jalen Phillips because of, like you said, the injuries scared me off. Any guy that's hung it up already over concussions, that's Probably not a road I want to go down when you're taking on the biggest guys in the league head on. Definitely, definitely early in a draft class. You don't want yeah. to take a guy early um, like Jalen Phillips, possibly yeah. that has these issues. And my number five might not. I don't know if you'll agree, but Rashad Weaver from Pitt. I was enamored with his tape, and I'm enamored with his physical profile. Um, he really has that lengthiness that, and, and then plays with the power at that length that you want to see. I won't. I will say his twitchiness is a problem. Uh, his first move is good. His second move is not there yet. And he gets his hands up. He swats away defender's arms. Um, his extension is super impressive. And he's got all the traits you want to build on. He's super strong. He was in the backfield as much as any of these guys creating havoc. But he doesn't flash, you know, because he is in a way he is slow and he gets and he gets kind of high at times. But he is a physically dominant player. And I think there's a lot of traits you can work with off the edge with this guy. So he's my number five and my number six, my number six, my my honorable mention. uh, Another guy you didn't mention is Carlos Basham Jr. I was about to bring him up when you brought up Rashad Weaver. Carlos Basham, you've heard me talk about him a ton, but you know I love this guy coming out of Wake Forest. Yeah, yeah, and I think I think if Carlos Basham can bring his body weight down from 280 to about 270, 275 and just be functionally stronger, he's going to be a handful. Handful. His 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 motor is there. He needs to he needs to get off his blocks a little faster, but it all the traits are there. If he brings down that that body weight adds muscle like instead of thickness adds like true functional playing weight muscle. I think he can do, he can pretty much take his NFL game wherever he wants. All the traits are there. He's rocked up. He, he, in the uniform, he passed the eye test. You know, he's just got a, I think 280 might be a little heavy if you want to get a good first step and work on your twitchiness and explosion, which is what he needs work on. If you guys can't tell, you have got to pass the eye test for Bo. Bo is a big pass the eye test guy, which I think is awesome. Well, I mean, there's guys that look the part and guys that don't. And I'm not saying that that means anything because, I mean, some people will say, you know, when Aaron Donald came out, he might not have passed the eye test or something because of his size. I don't know. But like, there's, but like, when you have a, there are things that you have that NFL coaches can work on, can work from, can build on. You know what I mean? And yeah. like some, some these guys, you know, I think that's one of the the things about this class is that 
all these edges have they have edges they need to file down and and make and just almost a, not a I guess a rawness but they just need to you know they need to go through their game with a fine tooth comb and they can really and they can really grow and become an impressive class that everybody doubted. I, I think Carlos Basham coming out of Wake Forest. It, it's again people look at where you play. They look at Wake Forest. You know, obviously played in the ACC, which has good talent. But I think um, when you look at Carlos Basham compared to other guys, he's not quite as freakish as some of these other guys. But you no. look at a guy that has technique. You spoke about maybe the weight a little bit. If you cut down that unneeded weight, mm-hmm. right? That's huge. Cut down some of that unneeded weight. Trim your body down. Get to that you know more athletic build. And you've got it all made. I think I think he he's he's a huge. I, I it was hard keeping him out of my honorable mentions. I'm just at this point trying not to do multiple honorable mentions. If <laughs> no, I one's had of, if I had of, he would have been in there. Yeah, 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 yeah. I hear you. I, 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 yeah, and I think he he you know being an ACC guy, ACC fan, he stuck out many games for me. He was he was a tough one for UNC to handle. I know that. He's a good player, man. All mm-hmm. right, guys, so let's jump into our linebacker rankings here. Some Bimbo, again, we'll go through our top five linebackers. Um, I'm excited to hear his. Bo, I want you to start out this time. I want to, I want to hear your top five linebackers. Yeah, I was, I was wondering if you were going to let me start out. But yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, I think the number one, I think we all know who that is. It's Michael Parsons. It um, absolutely explosive tape. I mean, this is, this is the lightning in the bottle guy out of all this. Uh, this is this is the, the twitchy. This is the this is the guy that moves the best through the space. He has he has like Caleb Farley hips. I mean, I don't know if you've noticed it, but he is he is always always moving, always changing direction, always trying to read what the what the quarterback's doing. He sees him look one way, he moves his feet that way, automatically shoots back to position and gets ready if he's ready to go the other way and make you know for his next read. He's always following their eyes. Love him in the past game. Freaking the quickest feet out of this group, no question. Um, and I think he's a pass rush nightmare. He's phenomenal blitzing the quarterback. I mean, he needs about an inch of space to slide through and get to where he needs to go. And I think he he tested off the charts. Uh, it might have been the most disgusting three cone drill I've ever seen from a linebacker. <laughs> yeah, it was. Um, impressive. I mean, it was. It was like. I was like, "Can you run it back, please?" I mean, I'm a, I must have watched it 20 times. I mean, it's just I don't think I've ever seen one that fluid. I mean, and and his and his ability and his knack for getting in and punching the football really good with these linebackers and the way they play sideline to sideline. These are the guys you really need coming in with that turnover playmaking ability, always looking to force a fumble. Um, and he, he he's going to be a pass rush nightmare. He can move all over the field and and create havoc. Really, really enjoyed watching his game. I think. Let, let me. I want to. I want to ask you this. What is so this guy's most likely to be a top ten pick? Mm-hmm. Right at this point, he looks like he's going to be a top ten pick. What is his ceiling to you? If you were to compare him to a player in the league right now, what is his ceiling? Is a player in the league right now? Hmm. Um. I hate when you put me on the spot. I, really I know you do. do, man, but I love. Doing I mean, it. I see, I see his game being like, you know, I can only, I really got to go with one of my guys. You know what I mean? But, I mean, his game is going to be like when, when like Ryan Chazier hit his peak, and he's just this freaking, just lightning fast to the ball, diagnosing super quick. You know, he, I mean, he's. I think he's going to be an elite player. I, I hate. It's like I think he's better than what Isaiah Simmons was coming out, and this was like. I, I agree with that. 
you know, for sure. I, I, I mean, think I Isaiah think, Simmons was more of just versatility. He had played I, a lot of snaps at different positions. This guy, as a as a just a a linebacker, I mean, you you know, we you had Roquan Smith who went in the top ten, right? Micah Parsons is better than Roquan Smith. You yeah, know what I mean, mean and I, I think they're in, they're built differently too. You know, oh, the definitely them. built different. Michael you know, Parsons Roquan much- Smith. Yeah, Rookon Smith is built more like Luke Keekley, just this stout, freaking rock hard dude lays the wood. Not that Michael Parson doesn't lay the wood, but my Michael Parsons is more of like you're sure wrap it up, get the get the tackle more than make the highlight. You know what I mean? Like he's he's your all around. Just he's the playmaker. I mean, he that defense went as he went. He was all over the field. There was not a play where eleven wasn't on the ball. I mean, it, it's it was just unbelievable to watch. It really, really was. And it took me. I told you, you know, I worked working a lot more than I was in previous years. But it was, it was a, it was like relieving to watch it, just to watch tape and see a, a dude playing the middle of the field that fast. I mean, the, I think the NFL speed change is going to be nothing for that guy. And the only thing that I that I said in my notes that would be a downside for him is at his size cuz he does he looks slender on tape, but I mean a super strong guy, but disengaging with interior alignment in the run game when they like when run when run blockers are working up to his level, if they get their hands on him, it was a problem it's a problem for any super fast young linebacker is dealing with the strength of linemen at the NFL level. If he learns how to disengage from that, because I don't think he's going to be able to, if you watch him, dude, he just blows by most of the dudes in college. I mean, just blows by them. You know, so if he can deal with guys who are able to get to him and get their hands on him, hey, he's, his ceiling is, there is no ceiling. He could, I mean, he could be top three linebacker in the league in no time. Yeah, but there was a the NFL GM that came out and said that he thinks Parsons upside is best linebacker in the league. Yeah. I mean, I don't disagree as long as long as, he, long as he handles, long as he handles big athletic blockers getting out to him and he, and he'd be still blowing by him. He doesn't have a problem shedding it and disengaging from them. Once they're, if their hands get on him there, there is no limit to his ceiling. There is no limit. I mean, he's just too good. He's too instinctual. He's too smart, but we're going to spend all whole time talking about him. <laughs> Some other good linebackers here. Uh, next one is Jeremiah Owusu Kamoromoa. Is that right? How do you say that? Koromoa is how I Koromoa, say it. But I mean, yeah. you know, don't come to the TSR podcast looking for looking the right for, way to pr- pronounce something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This dude's a walking highlight reel. Could have been my, but my favorite, my favorite film here. It was that guy when he when when he realizes that the, that it's that he's making that tackle and that it's in front of. I mean, there is no. <laughs> stopping this dude he lays the freaking wood it is insane and and he has that same Micah Parsons athletic build he still moves really well and he might be better as good if not better in pass coverage it might not quite the hips of Micah Parsons but the dude works super hard he's got a lot of pass breakups his man-to-man's good I loved watching him in pass coverage. I thought he he was all over the field, covering slots, blitzing, great versus the run, sideline to sideline player, totally the tone setter for that defense. I mean, there's guys out there that probably have him number one. I mean, he's super twitched up, blitzing is NFL ready, mega flexible. Uh, I mean, just complete play disruptor in every way. Loved his game. He's my number two. My number three was a dude 
that I was super impressed by the more I read and watched on him was Jabril Cox from LSU. Um, Jabril Cox transferred into LSU from North Dakota State, and I was not aware of that. And I think that shows a work ethic and like an I won't be denied factor. You know, he, he played at that school at, at D1AA, stood out on film there, but I mean, on defense at that level, it's really hard to prove yourself. It's not – you can't – Trey Lance has the ability to be a quarterback and move all over the field and and display his athleticism every single play. About half the game, the play is going away from Jabril Cox, you know what I mean, or going over top of him. So I think once he got – and I think LSU not being very good this year did him a bit of disservice in a transfer year. You know, imagine if a guy like Jabril Cox had transferred in after four years in North Dakota State and won a national championship. I mean, his draft stock could be a lot higher. And his and his past defenses, and he had were like it's like twenty seven or something like that. Mm-hmm. Career past defenses, extremely natural when it comes to past defending. He's it's like I mean it's he reads quarterbacks as if he's a safety. Um, his I wouldn't say that he's got that athleticism, that speed, but he still has that instinct like like a DB, like a really good DB. And I think he still he left. He left North Dakota State with great pass uh, pass coverage numbers. Came to LSU and had three picks and several pass breakups last year. Still showing that against the best receivers and 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 offenses, best teams in the in the NCAA comes in, still works exceptionally hard. I think that's an overachiever's mentality. You know what I mean? And so I, I really really loved it. I think he's coachable, fluid player. Loved his game. Super excited to see what he can do at the next level with that with that same mentality that he's going to keep at it. Being bad at something or not getting the results you want aren't going to deter him. You know, he. I mean, I'm sure he wanted to be Power Five when he came out. You know what I mean? But he wasn't. And then he jumped back in when he got a chance when he transferred and proved himself the first year. Got better every week. So, just was pretty pretty enamored with his story once I really found out about it. My number four, love this dude, Nick Bolton from Mizzou. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And at a, at a smaller size, at like 5'10", 5'11", he's going to be a guy that is super fast. Twitchy might is might be the best way to describe the guy. I mean, he's a heavy hitter, too, and he's super-duper smart. He was the signal caller at, MSU, at uh, Mizzou. And I would say pro comp Devin Bush at his size, but not that fast, not that explosive, but just as smart with the plays and just as good at sifting through and finding the football through the, through the garbage at at middle linebacker. Um, I think he's going to be a guy within a year or two could be calling the defense for, for any team he gets drafted to. And, and on pass downs, he, he might not be the most elite pass defender, but he doesn't give up. He creates havoc after the ball's caught. Um, he's really good at forcing fumbles. So I really enjoyed watching his tape. And then my number five, Zavin Collins from Tulsa. I love this guy. Now, yeah. Now, this guy, he is throwback, dude. He is big. He's like he's like if you took Vince Williams and made him like a really good athlete and fast. You know what I mean? Like he's like 260 and flies. Flies around. I mean, scoots. And so I, I think he's going to be able to play the middle – I would say he's better at the three at the three four than he will be at the at the four three, uh, being that true Mike in the four three, not having the help with his 
with the other three, you know, linebackers and just being the sole guy. Not sure if he can become that Luke Keachley type or Roquan Smith type guy that you want. Um, but I mean, just being one stout inside linebacker in a, in a three, four would be perfect fit for him. Uh, super throwback size and speed combination, fluid lower, lower body for guys, six foot four, two sixty. You think he'd be a lot stiffer than he really is. And he's actually really good in pass coverage, which is not something you see for someone who's two sixty. He had quite a few picks at Tulsa. Uh, that was pretty fun to watch. I mean, so he's, he's got a real natural feel for space once he's dropped back, which is honestly, well, I think one of the hard, harder things to teach is like, a feel for the flow in space once you drop back, once you're not, if you're not a DB, you're not always doing that. Uh, it's a pretty hard thing to actually, you know, coach a guy up on. Um, super big hitter, taking on big running backs to the next level and big blockers shouldn't be a problem for him. Uh, he's got a great, great feel for reading the play. And um, I think he just consistently using his hands to get off blocks rather than trying to run through them are going to be his biggest thing. I think at Tulsa, he could just be the bigger man on every play, but in the NFL, these guys are going to put their paws on him and they're going to be really hard to just to disengage and move on from, uh, and, you know, get to the play. So especially, you know, in a, in a sense, if he ends up, you know, blitzing and takes on a double team, he's gonna have to really deal with that really fast if he wants to make an impact. Um, and my honorable mention, you know, I had to go with one of my boys. Finally, Chaz Surratt from UNC. Uh, Chaz Surratt is a great athlete. He's an ex quarterback who put on a bunch of weight and became the best player on Carolina's defense, in my opinion. Uh, I think he led the team in tackles his last two years playing linebacker. I mean, his first year, immediate impact. Got better every week, still gets better every week. Solid in pass coverage, sideline to sideline against the run. Um, I'd say he's probably still a bit undersized, and that's going to be his biggest thing to deal with. Yeah, his but, size is going to be the major thing that he's probably going to deal with. You know, we've watched guys like LJ Fort make a career on being undersized, though by being a versatile guy that you can play in multiple downs, third and long, whatever you need to do to become that pro player. I think he's the type of guy that can adapt due to his physical profile. Due to, I mean, I think he ran a 4.6, which is plenty of speed for an inside linebacker. And I think he's he accelerates better than he is a top speed guy. So I think his 100% dealing with the strength at the NFL level is going to be his problem. But I think he's a guy that you can move all over the field and you're never going to be able to overload him with information. And like I said, if he can carve out a role in that, that LJ Fort type style, who's become a, a mainstay in the AFC North, as you well know, playing for Pittsburgh and Baltimore, um, he could be that type of athletic third down linebacker that you need at a young age. And if he can get stronger and deal with it, you know, he could find his way into a starter role one day, but I think he could be a versatile guy to have for a few years as he's young. Yeah, man. And you spoke on uh, overwhelmed with a lot of information and, and defensive schemes and stuff like that. That comes a lot from being a former quarterback, right? The quarterbacks are one of the smartest guys that, play football and on the field so him coming from quarterback he's already a super smart guy you want a super smart linebacker so you know that that helps him a whole lot this dude this dude like led i think it was like set the career passing yardage for the state of carolina in high school like he was like a four-star 
college, I mean, a four-star college recruit at quarterback and played, started quite a few games for Carolina and was not, he, I mean, let me tell you, twice the linebacker he ever was a quarterback, three times the linebacker he ever was a quarterback, but he fit the college scheme really well. He was, he was undersized, but he can move. He's fluid, keep up with the play. He understands what's happening behind him. He knows everyone's role in the defense. I think that he's a cerebral player. And as long as he can deal with the physical issues that he's going to have, which could come through time and just a team giving him a chance, I mean, I think is with his work ethic, you know, sky's, sky's the limit. I mean, especially he's got family. He's got family traits. His brother's a pretty darn good receiver. He is. Uh, I love Sage Sherratt receiver coming out of yeah. Wake Forest. He was one yeah. of my favorite guys to watch. So the very good family tree, man. He's got the genes for it. Um, Chaz Surratt was a really fun watch for me. I think the main thing, and you've already touched on it, was the size. I think it bothered me a little bit. Um, if he could bulk up a little bit, that'd be good for him. Um, but I, I really did enjoy watching his his tape. My rankings, guys, Bo, me and you kind of have the same mostly the same people in our rankings, uh, just a little bit different in the where we rank them at. Uh, for me, number one, it is no question, though. It is Micah Parsons. But let me tell you something. The number one linebacker in this class and possibly a top 10 pick in the draft, he didn't even play linebacker until he got to college. Yeah. I mean, that that's incredible, man. To be as good as he is, the instincts that he has, to not even play till you get to the college level is unbelievable and and i think it shows how talented he is i mean talk about a player that still has plenty of room to grow just because of that let's break down parsons as a linebacker prospect okay we're talking about a guy that is six foot three 245 pounds ran a 439 40 a 439 at six foot three 245 pounds now hear me out the record for the fastest 40 yard dash by a linebacker at the nfl combine was shakeem griffin's 438 back in 2018 here's the difference Parsons ran a 439 and is three inches taller and 20 pounds heavier. <laughs> That's incredible. the type of freakish stuff we're talking about here. Um, this guy can move. I mean, l- let's look at some stuff you noticed from watching film on him, right? His read and reactability is fantastic. His processing quickness is evident. He gets through gaps quickly to disrupt the quarterback or meet the running back in the hole. Um, and speaking of quarterback, this guy can rush the quarterback with the best of them. Bo, you already touched touched on it a little bit. That makes him even more valuable to a team that needs a stud linebacker, right? Mm-hmm. He shows a good ability to stack and shed blockers, doesn't have issues disengaging after engaging with a blocker either, gets downhill incredibly fast, very quick twitch type of player that has a very high football IQ Tackling technique is good. He knows how to wrap up his man, right? That's what you want to look for in a linebacker. He doesn't shoulder tackle a lot. You'll see a lot of guys throw a shoulder in there. It's not mm-hmm. good technique. A lot of times a running back, if you throw a shoulder shoulder tackle, will bounce off of it. He doesn't do that. He wraps that's his the, man that's up. That's that big hitter thing I was mentioning. That he's, more, he's your sure tackler. He's not worried about the highlight hit. Exactly, man. He wants to make sure he, he makes the play. If he makes it on the highlight film, whatever. That's it doesn't matter to him. He also takes awesome pursuit angles when chasing down a ball carrier. Oh, yeah. He knows where to go, where to be, what angle to take to to you know make the best of where he's at and how to get to the guy he's chasing down. Maybe he could be a little bit better and look a little bit more comfortable in coverage, but it's not an overwhelming weakness, right? Like it needs some work, but Bo, it's not something that makes me go, man, you know, he's really bad in it's this. It's not nerve wracking at all. No, no. It's, it's not that he's extremely bad. He could just use a little bit of work in it. Number one and number two 
should be locks. Um, number two for me is Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa. You know, another situation, Bo, where I thought that the top dog in the linebacker group was, you know, head and shoulders above the other guys. Then I looked into the film. Koromoa is a stud as a prospect, and I believe yeah. will be a future star in the NFL. Yeah. It's two different players at first glance. Parsons has about two inches and 25 pounds on Koromoa. Um, I talked about Parsons taking good angles when pursuing his target. Koromoa does it even better, mm-hmm. and he just looks like a natural chase-down artist. You know what he that, reminded me of? It's like Ed Reed moved down and played linebacker. That's kind of what he reminded me of. Wow. But, like, not a Hall No, 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 no. I'm, just, I'm picturing that in my mind. But no, I'm, I'm picturing like, that in my mind, but I see what you're saying. Like, a very instinctual he, player. He moves to the football. Like, he has that DB safety-type instincts to come down into traffic and figure it out. Yes. And it's just so fluid. It's so fluid. It's, it's awesome to watch, man. Um, I think, you know, he has good, flexible hips that allow him to change directions on a dime. You kind of already touched on that. And, you know, that hip flexibility, Bo, helps him in another way. I mentioned that Parsons was weaker in his pass coverage. Koromoa is significantly better in coverage, and he stays with his man better due to the ability to flip his hips and his small frame, right? He's smaller. He can flip those hips, open up those hips, and stay with his man. And, you know, he also seems to understand his assignments when he's in a zone coverage better than Parsons does. Um, so he's it's another great player. He just excels at a couple of different things than Parsons does. And I don't think, you know, it's Parsons, then it's Koromoa, and then it's kind of a drop-off. I mean, these guys are... are elite level talent linebacker and I was super impressed watching them number three for me Bo, is Zavin Collins coming out of Tulsa you know this is a guy that if he's on my team I'm getting him after the quarterback a ton this is a big fella you have a guy at linebacker that is almost the same size as your everyday defensive end maybe about 10 pounds lighter but this guy is massive when you see him on film with his other linebackers it was never hard for me to tell which guy he was yeah. right like sometimes you can't see the numbers I had no problem with that. This dude is absolutely massive. He sticks out quite a bit. And, you know, this dude will be used a lot of different ways at the next level, I think. Uh, You know, another player that has a high IQ, moves really well when tracking the ball carrier, shows an ability to drop back into coverage a little bit. Um, One problem that did stick out to me about Collins is even though he will be versatile and a force due to his size, his size kind of takes away from his ability to change direction on a dime. Mm-hmm. That that's one of the things that stuck out. Uh, ben can also be a little bit of an issue. He lacks the lower body flexibility to get good bend. So he's more of a power rusher when it comes to him going after the quarterback. But this is almost exactly the type of player, Bo. And, I, you know, I thought about it a lot. Tell me this isn't a guy that you could see Eric DaCosta going after for the Ravens. Oh, absolutely. I mean, absolutely. tell me he doesn't immediately just fit that team in defense very well. Uh- Oh my God! Yeah, I mean, like, like that's what you're saying. That, that I mean, that's that three, four, perfect fit for him. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I was thinking about, it and I was like, I can see this guy in a Ravens uniform a week from now. I think he would embody play like a Raven. Exactly, he would love it, man. And he's the exact type of player that they they use in their defense. Mm-hmm. Um, number four for me, Bo, was Nick Bolton, another guy that I loved. I've talked about IQ a lot when speaking about these linebackers, but this is the guy that I think has the highest understanding for what his job is, what's going on around him, and where he needs to be. A very instinctual player. You can tell on film that this is a guy that processes everything extremely quickly 
and he dissects each play carefully. He knows how to find gaps in the line and shoot through them into the backfield. He's confident in coverage, knows how to evaluate possible play action situations. Um, he can change directions quickly, stay with this, stay with the shiftier players in space, which I enjoy. There was one play in particular, in particular, where it was a, a screen pass. The running back was trying to shake him, and he just could not, man. Bolton was mm. all over him, and I love that. That was one of the coolest plays that I watched. Um, he needs to work on tackling technique some. You'll see him just put his head down and spear players kind of, which is dangerous you know, to both himself and the other players, so he needs to work on that. But he's not afraid to make a big hit, and he will sacrifice his body to do so. I mean, that is evident. This dude will absolutely just run through and hit you as hard as he can, <laughs> and that's always fun for me to watch. Um, and number five, Bo, is a guy you just talked about, Jabril Cox. Um, I have Cox slightly over Jamin Davis out of Kentucky uh, at five due to his length, and I think he has some untapped potential. He's very instinctual. Uh, he can drop back and coverage some, and he's going to be a stud in the run game, I believe. He has solid motor, good tackling technique, has the potential to get after the quarterback. And even though they didn't really use him that way, I think with his length and his athleticism, he can get after the quarterback. Um, I think once this guy gets with a good coach at the next level, he can really reach his ceiling and mm -hmm. uh, be a solid starter in the NFL. I don't know if it'll be day one. I don't think that's going to happen. But, you know, once he gets some coaching and, and, and translates a little bit, I think he can definitely be a good starter in the NFL. Coachable is that kid's middle name. I mean, I, absolutely. And you talked about him transferring and coming in and, you know, accepting an, uh, another role, playing for a new team, a new scheme and things like that. And he picked it up, man. It was it was easy for him. And I think he, he's going to be a very, very easy player to coach at the next level. And GMs are going to love that. And coaches are going to love that. And I'm sure scouts picked up on that. And then, Bo, my honorable mention, I have two of them here, is Jamin Davis out of Kentucky. A lot of the same things as Cox as a player, just not as much length, but I think he's more, a little bit more versatile in coverage, um, very instinctual, gets to the guy quickly, very, very good read and reactability. And then Monty Rice out of Georgia, man, really good sideline to sideline ability due to his speed, and he has really good instincts, and he's super competitive, super, super competitive. So, so those are two guys that I think everybody should uh, keep their eye out for on draft day. Um, I'm not thinking either one of those guys. I'm saying Cox and Davis are probably going to go, I'd say, third round. Maybe Cox sneaks into the second round. I'm saying Monty Rice is probably more of a fourth-round guy, yeah. maybe if he falls a little bit into the fifth. But um, I've really enjoyed this linebacker class. And I think, you know, it's it's not as many uh, big-name guys. You know, you've got Parsons, you've got Koromoa, but you've got some solid guys that are more, maybe a little bit more projects than in recent classes. But I yeah. think their potential is just as high as those guys. They just need a little bit, little bit uh, more tinkering with to to kick out that rawness and just get them a little bit more polished at the next level. Where the what which which of these positions was your favorite mm. to watch? Like to watch to to to, to watch the film. What what did you spend the most time on? Just simply because you enjoyed it. I probably spent the most time on edge rushers. I think that that group is just a little bit deeper. And I think there are uh, there are more quality guys in that group that can make more of a difference than the other groups, right? The, yeah. the D lineman class, a little bit top heavy. Um, you still have some really good guys in there, right? Um, the linebacker group, again, it's top heavy. You have some solid guys in there, but I think the edge rusher group, you know, you can pick from the one to the seventh guy, and you're still getting a solid player, a very solid player at the next level. So I would yeah. say the edge rushers were, were the most fun to watch. And I, I'd say it's the most fun more because of I had more of a challenge ranking them. Whenever I have hmm. more of a challenge ranking them, it shows how good all the guys are. 
Yeah. So I would say the edge rushers, man. What about yourself? I'd say linebackers, the linebackers. Okay. Um, and it, I mean, it, and it's, I think it would have been defensive linemen if it didn't feel so, the first two did, didn't feel so. I mean, I guess in linebackers, it felt obvious too, but there's so much flash and flair and fun to these linebackers game that we, that these, this, all, all five of them were just the, the, the film, even on plays where they're not technically making the play. I mean, the, the way they move, the, the, the type of athletes they are, even, even guys like Zayvon Collins, I mean, at his size, just, just an extremely gifted athlete. And I'm loving to see the direction the inside linebackers are moving to where they're, they're no longer these just brick houses in the middle. Like they're extremely fast and twitchy guys that are, that are all over the field making plays. And I mean, it's, it's just not your typical Ray Lewis anymore. They're all, they're all just freakishly fast, crazy athletes. And it's just super, I think between, between Coromoa and, um, Parsons and Nick Bolton was all the all the fun and and flair you could ever want to watch and film. Yeah, man, I, I think the the biggest thing for scouting right now is probably players are becoming more versatile. So when you become more versatile, there are more traits you have to watch for at each position. So when you have to watch more traits, it becomes harder to scout. It becomes harder to rank them as prospects. Mm-hmm. You know, back in the day, you watched an inside linebacker. Well, you only got a couple of things you got to watch for, right? Mm-hmm. Now you've got a much more so dra- dropping back into pass coverage, uh, rushing the quarterback, things like that. And I think it also makes it more fun. It's a lot more fun to scout these guys now because you have a lot more to, to work with and watch for. So yeah. I, I think it's I think scouting in general is becoming a whole lot more fun. Guys, next Tuesday, safeties and cornerbacks, we're going to rank those guys. And then Thursday, the day of the draft, we will have a full first-round mock draft coming out. So Bo and myself will be able to tell you guys where we think guys should land and why we think they should land there. It's going to be a whole lot of fun. I hope you guys tune in. I'm going to have an absolute blast with it. It's going to be so much fun, man. I can't even can't even talk about it right now. I'm ready to get into it already. <laughs> uh, but, guys, as always, thank you for listening. And please, go subscribe, go give a review, and go TSR. Till next time, everybody, peace out. Peace. Now listening to the TSR Podcast with Jacob and Bo.